This is the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast, presented by eCity Interactive. eCity creates websites, marketing campaigns, and magic for higher ed institutions, large and small. Every digital challenge has a solution. eCity's talented team of problem solvers will help you find yours. And now, here's your host, Stephen App. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. I am your host, Stephen App. Uh, cool show for you today. We are we are officially in the home stretch of season two here, and uh, and keeping the train rolling with a great episode uh, featuring today's guest Jay Murray. He is the associate vice president of enrollment services at Western Connecticut State University, and we're going to be talking about CRMs today. It's a topic that is. Uh, top of mind for a lot of professionals in the enrollment services, enrollment management uh, space, and really excited to get Jay's insight on how Western Connecticut State University came uh, to use their CRM. And you know, for those of you who are maybe still trying to figure out if you need a CRM, if you have the right CRM, uh, I think we'll be able to, to provide some valuable insight for you in this show. So uh, let's go ahead and get started into it. Jay, thank you so much for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I want to talk about, you mentioned the CRMs, and it's interesting to me because CRMs aren't necessarily uh, a new technology anymore, but but it's also something that is not so old that we don't remember what life was like before them. So I'm wondering if you could give me and our listeners a glimpse into, you know, just from, from your standpoint, you know, what was admissions like at Western Connecticut State University before you had a CRM? Oh, God. Well, it was really interesting here because I don't think the institution knew it needed a CRM or, or, or it was something that was even in our lexicon because for, for about, you know, when the, the, the boomlet came through, when the children of the baby boomers, the millennials went through the enrollment funnel, the institution actually doubled in size from 1994 through about 2009, 2010, when we hit peak full-time undergraduate enrollment. And when you're growing at such a rate, it kind of hides any any problems or challenges that sh- that you have. And then in that kind of post economic um, re- crash, um, as the institution started to slowly slide back, as that millennial started to fade through the process, all of a sudden enrollment became a, a challenge here. Um, and that was when, oh my God, we have to do something. Um, and you know, when the uh, we're part of a 17 campus system, and when the system office had implemented our our, our student information system back in um, 99, 2000, 2001, they never Im- implemented the recruitment module um, of the CRM. So there was, although we had a you know a, a, a certainly a working process to work with our application flow, we didn't have a, a, a place to store um, inquiries. You know, whether it be cards from the road, web-based inquiries, phone calls. Um, even hot at leads like SAT downloads, we just didn't. So effectively, things were loaded into spreadsheets, and maybe um, we would do a mail merge to get mail out the door. But it was kind of kind of one-off um, types of things. So essentially, all of our applications were stealth because when they entered into our SIS's applications, there was no source code for them because they were coming in just as an app, as an app only. Jay, I'm curious. I mean, you mentioned that working process, right, of trying to figure out, you know, where where are these prospective students coming from? Where are these applicants coming from? And you know, I think also, of course, right, how to how to conduct a meaningful yield season when you don't necessarily know where they're coming from or what they're interested in. Uh, is it a weird? It's got to be a weird situation to be in where 
you don't have what I think we would now say is critical information, and yet it almost doesn't matter. Did you ever feel like you were walking a tightrope, or or was life truly so good that that it was not even you know on your radar? Well, you know, that was the interesting thing. The good years preceded my arrival. So I didn't get here till 2013. So things were already kind of kind of in that slowdown phase. Um, and it was, uh, oh, my God, we have to do something. And I was actually brought in. I was hired as the director of admissions. There was no AVP admission uh, person at that point. I was promo- um, reporting directly into the provost. Um, so we were also siloed at that point. Registrar, admissions, financial aid, um, academic advising, we were siloed all direct reports in the provost on top of not having an increased management system. Um, so I think the best way to describe it is the institution didn't know what it didn't know at that point. And it wasn't until we did a, a kind of a deep dive discovery. And this was, this was led by our CIO at the time. Um, it was a, a directive from the, uh, the president of the institution to really kind of dig, dig, dig deep find out what's going on, what are the pain points of the institution, and what is the low-hanging fruit? What are the things that we could more easily address to have the greatest impact? So we locked about 25 campus leaders as well as mid-level, as well as frontline. They were, they were clericals in the room. There were directors. There were deans. There were VPs. It was all kinds of source, uh, all kinds of people at all different levels. And we, we kind of sat in the room and we process flowed out from start to graduation, what happens to a student? And of course, at most institutions, it's assumed that all the issues are in, in kind of enrollment. Um, so that's where they focused initially. And there was all these, these roast beef items um, there. And, 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 and I, I call them roast beef items. And actually, no one on campus knew what I was talking about. And I said, you've never heard the roast beef story. And I, I said, it, it's, it's simply put, it's a, you know, it's a parent teaching their child how to cook the, the holiday dinner. And, and there's an there's a explanation for everything along the process. You know, we, we do a roast beef because it, it's a cheap cut of meat, but if cooked well, it serves a lot of people and tastes good. Um, it's going to be so big because we're serving this many people. You season it like this because you want it to marinate it in its juices before it goes in the oven. You want to sit it on the counter um, to make sure it warms up to room temperature before you cook it. It gets it more, more thoroughly, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at the end, it's like, and then you cut off the ends and throw it in the oven. And, you know, the parent asks, the, the child asks the parent, so wait, why do you cut off the ends? He goes, no, you just do. He goes, no, no, there was a reason for everything. Why is there no explanation for cutting off the end? So they go in and ask like one of the grandparents and they say, oh, um, and you know you can't see me because you hold up your hands. We cut off the end because the oven was only this big. And <laughs> and 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 for me and everyone in the room did exactly what you just said. They laughed, <laughs> but then they instantly get it, got it because that happens in higher ed all the time. You're you've adapted a process that everybody swears is the only way to do it, but nobody knows why we do that process. And typically, that process is associated with someone who retired 15 years ago, so you can't even ask them. And so we red circled all these items. So, so think, of, and when we were done, it was a 23 foot long flow chart of the entire enrollment process at WCSU with all these red circles. And those were the pain points. And out of that, one of the things that was decided, we saw the biggest red circle was the institution's lack of an inquiry management system. And the fact that the admissions office had no systematic calculated preset way to track, communicate, and report on prospective students. Jay, you were you were 
student journey mapping before student journey mapping was cool. You didn't know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to use that roast beef. Did you call it a roast beef item? Because that yes, is roast beef item. And it's, it's, it's kind of taken off and I'll, other people in other departments on campus will bring it up all the time. And it's not mine. I heard this story elsewhere. Um, but it, it's, it's become, you know, my mantra, I talk about it all the time because, and, and the problem with roast beef items and think about roast beef, it tastes good. So right. you're doing it, you're eating the roast beef, not even realizing that, oh my God, we have, we have not figured this out and this is not the best way to do things. That is fascinating. Okay. So, so you, you're in this, your process, you have your, your giant, uh, spreadsheet here, uh, documenting the red flags, you realize the CRM is the focal point for this. Where do you go from there? So obviously you decide we're going to start looking at CRMs. Who was, was it still your CIO at the time who was leading that charge? It was still our and- CI, CIO. Yeah, he was leading the charge and he went out and, you know, he was having, he was also new to the institution. So I had gotten here March 1 of 2013. I think he came December of 2012. So he was relatively new. So he and I were both kind of looking at this, um, with eyes wide open, um, learning how WCSU did things, but then kind of able to ask the questions because, you know, we didn't know. So we had to ask questions. And then he went off and was talking to his peers and colleagues at other schools. And as he was investigating, okay, I think we need a CRM. I think that's the recommendation to the president. Then he went on the discovery of, okay, which, which one do we go with? And initially um, he had, he had, uh, kind of gone into the, um, the Salesforce platform, you know, because they had the higher, higher ed licenses. And that was the other thing, the other, um, edict from the president that we had to do things as, as inexpensively as we could. Of course. Um, So we (laughs) looked at those, those higher ed licenses. We looked at the Salesforce platform and that was the direction we're going to, we were going to go. Um, I think he even sent someone off to a, someone of his people off to a, a Salesforce conference at that point. And that's when we realized that we didn't have the bandwidth to build out, to customize ourselves. You know, we needed more of an out-of-the-box box solution, and that's when we kind of kind of um, looked at TargetX as our, essentially, app that we use on top of the Salesforce platform. Hey, everyone. The Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast is part of ConnectEDU, a podcast network bringing together brilliant minds in the higher ed space and breaking down silos. You can check it out at connectedu.network where you can find great shows no matter where you work on campus, as well as resources for first-time and long-time podcasters. You can also follow along on Twitter at connectedupod and hashtag connectedu. So Jay, you and your CIO, you kind of come to this joint conclusion that for a variety of reasons, you know, Target X is, is going to be the right fit for you. I think choosing a CRM maybe isn't almost the part that is probably intimidating to a lot of professionals out there. It's implementing the CRM. So I wonder, can you, can you now talk me through, you know, how did Western Connecticut uh, State University go about implementing Target X on campus? Okay, so we went through a very aggressive implementation and we told, we, we, we told that to the folks at Target X when we, when we signed, because we probably signed around September of uh, 2013. And we told them, they said, oh, it's about a 12 week implementation. We said, okay, we need you to do it in eight. Because at that point, you figure the recruitment cycle's well underway. Mm-hmm. We're already accumulated, accumulating additional inquiries um, from additional sources that we need a place 
to put. So we said, okay, what if we do a modified and we do a staged implementation? And the first thing we wanted to do was a place to, to dump um, our inquiries and then communicate with those students. So that was what we wanted turned on first. Um, and really, we used that roadmap that we had during the discovery to kind of map out, okay, these are the steps we want to take care of. So first, it was really the inquiry management piece. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, we had looked at was, you know, one of the hot leads we got was the SAT scores, you know, kids who were paid money to send us test scores. Those are as hot as they came. And those were literally sitting in temporary tables on the shelf um, somewhere in a back server. So that was, that was a big piece that was coming in. Then the, the students we meet on the road, putting those in and then coming up with the communication plans to acknowledge their inquiry and then respond to those students at the same time. So that was number one. The, and, and, and training of the staff. Um, that, was a, that was a big piece because, you know, that was the, the kind of a pain point for us um, throughout the process was when you think about it, you're implementing this new technology, you're, you're training your staff, you're trying to get them excited, but effectively you've made more work for them because now they have an additional system to log into, not just the SIS, now you have a CRM on top of that. So we made more work for people. So that was, a, that was a challenge. We had to train them. There's a learning curve. It's very, very different from working in the SIS. Um, but you know, we, we, we went through that. We did you know, three or four days of on-campus training, um, kind of a boot camp type of thing. Then the first major piece we wanted to get to after inquiry was we wanted one directional communication. So we wanted to use events. We had a big accepted student day coming out in the spring of the following year. So we needed to get our information from our SIS fed back up into the CRM. So we wanted everyone who's been accepted um, up in the CRM so then we can communicate and invite them to our, our accepted student day. And that was, that was phase two of the process. And that's when we really started to see the gains. I mean, the, the track of the inquiries, you would assume would be a gain right away, but you, that, that takes long to flush out. But, oh my God, all of a sudden we went from being, being an, ex, an Excel nightmare for events, you know, with business reply cards, with, we actually one year had hired a temp to sit there and track all the inquiries <laughs> and put them into Excel. And then of course with Excel, you have Excel check-in and you have, you know, four or five spreadsheets that you compile back together to even find out who came to the event. So now we were loading everybody into the CRM, inviting them to Accepted Student Day, automatically taking their responses back in the CRM, acknowledging that they were there, communicating reminders, directions, the whole thing. And then the, one of the neat things that we, we first did and we first learned and we wanted to try it right away was um, QR code check-in. That was a, a basic tenet of, of the events package so that the students are, are registered for the event. They get this little QR code. And then when they come to the event, we can scan them in. And we were like, oh, that's cool. You know, we, we definitely should do that. But we still had the Excel spreadsheets. Well, the, the first time we did it for our April 2014 Accepted Student Day, we actually underestimated the number of scanners used because we, as going down the line, it turned out every student had their QR code and, you know, we can, we, we, we track it mobile. So I'm, I'm walking around looking at my cell phone and it's telling me minute by minute how many students are checking in as they're checking in. Um, and that, that's, a, that's very powerful, you know, particularly since, you know, you're trying to become a data-driven institution. And instead of anecdotally, the room looks full, I'm saying, no, you know, Mr. President, there's actually, you know, 400 students have, have checked in today um, and they're here and, and, and they're ready to go. So that was, a, that was kind of a game changer for us. And then 
you know, certainly then we could trigger immediately after the event, thank you for attending to anyone who attended, but also anyone who registered and didn't check in, we can say, hey, you know, we see, saw you registered and didn't, didn't attend the event. Our next uh, visit day is on this date. You know, please, please be sure to register. We'd love to have you on campus. So that was, that was neat for us. It was the, the, the ease of response, the ease of communication, but also the instantaneous, instantaneous nature of the information that we were getting. Jay, you're talking about, right, this is all made possible because you're able to create this bi-directional communication between between TargetX and your your SIS. And I believe you guys are using Banner for yes, that. Yes, we are is a that, Banner yeah. school, correct. So can you, I mean, what, how challenging was that implementation and, and how, you know, who was required from your team to make that possible? Because that would sound to me, now granted, these are two pretty established systems at this point, but that would seem to me to maybe be a pretty difficult task. It, it was. So initially we started with one-way communication and the team that we were working with was myself representing admissions. Um, our, our, at the time, he was our, he was our web manager, um, our manager of web, web development. And he was actually, he had additional bandwidth at that time. So his, his, his role had space to do more things. Um, and he had the, he had the, um, the technical skill. And then we had a third person which, who served as the banner lead. So it was the three of us kind of working together to kind of chart. And we, we met daily on this. Okay, what's next? What's this? What's that? And we kind of, I don't know, MacGyvered that initial implementation <laughs> because really we weren't, we weren't thinking four or five years down the road. We were thinking, okay, we want to do accepted student day. We want to do inquiries. Let's do X, Y, Z. So it was one-way communication. And actually it was a one-way, a one-time feed at that point to get anybody newly accepted prior to the event up into the system, up into the CRM banner, up. Um, then in the summer of 14, we went, we became a member of the Common App. Now we had to figure out bi-directional communication. And right. that's when things got a lot more challenging. Also, the person who was the banner lead left for a position at another institution. So now, now Jeff and I, neither one are banner experts. Now we're, now we're really kind of, kind of in the weeds. Um, so we're bringing in other resources. There was a, our operation manager in admissions is kind of brought in because she's working with the day-to-day -day processing of the application. We pulled in another banner lead up from, from our IT department to really answer those questions, you know, what goes where and why in the system. And what we discovered over time is the CRM was our friend. And when we had challenges, it wasn't the CRM, it was you have to give Banner the way the things the way Banner wants them, or Banner won't take them. Um, so, so, so that that you know, and, and so we were, you know, if yes, in our CRM we could have an apple and orange and a kiwi fruit, but we sent it downstream; it had to be an apple. Right. Um, so once we figured that out, um, we realized that oh, what we want to do is we want to start everything in the CRM and then send down the stuff into the SIS that's required by the other users down the road. Um, so at that point, our CRM became our system of action. So all inquiries and all applications started in the CRM and then were fed downstream in the SIS. Um, and the bi-directional communication was, it's the application started in the CRM, was pushed into the SIS to get the system ID, which was then set back up to the CRM so that they would be matched and connected from that point forward. And then any significant decision that's made in Banner would then be going up 
as needed back in the CRM so we could always track and report on our students. And we'll call that phase three of the, of the implementation. Man, and that is all happening in a span of, right? You mentioned that kind of eight week phase one, but you know, yeah, we're now. When when did you feel like okay, we are we're good. We've we've got this now. I think I think we were so so we went live in the system in November of 2013. We went live with our bi-directional communication with with the common app coming in probably 10 months later. So we'll call it early fall um, 2014. Um, I would say we felt like we had it together um, sometime during that cycle of the 2014-2015 applicant year. Because now we're on the Common App, our applications are up 40% um, for, for first-time, first-year wow, students. Wow, you know, 40%. Yeah, I mean, again, the, the Common App does that. But then we realize if we had gone to the Common App and we're just working our SAS, we would have been overwhelmed. But now we have kind of the, the CRM doing a lot of the heavy lifting um, for us. And I, and I think we started to feel comfortable with the process and then we kind of have as we can move on to new things at this point you know we've we've kind of solved the the 800 pound gorilla now we can really try to refine and engineer our process as we move forward jay we keep talking about this process in terms of phases you know phase one all the way back in in the fall of of 2013 to to where you are now I'm curious for you as we kind of you know have this recording today you know what is the next step for you in terms of kind of taking your CRM to the next level? One of the things we realized over time as we were continuing to re-engineer and reinvent the process as we move forward after that, those initial first three phases, is one of the things we identified is that our bi-directional communication, our data integration hub, wasn't robust enough. We wanted to do more and we kept you know, back to those original conversations with the three of us back in 2013, 2014, we realized that there were things we hadn't thought about that as they came up years later, we wanted to do that we realized that we couldn't from the initial way we had kind of set up the process. Um, so our, our next phase, which we're actually finishing up now, was a we're using um, Axiom Elite um, as our partner to improve that bi-directional communication because we want to you know, we, our SIS will continue to be the system of record for the institution, but with this bi-directional communication, um, we're going to move our CRM from being the system of action to also being the system of record um, mm-hmm. for the admissions process. So we're going to do, we're, we're going to go to decisions in the CRM. We're going to go to, um, you know, only sending the stuff downstream that's needed by Banner, but doing as much as possible, including decisions, probably even decision letters, and actually moving to taking us paperless. Um, so our, we're, we're going to automate our push so that the, uh, the data hub is doing the matching, and the data hub is doing the talking between the two systems, and literally it's going to be, instead of someone coming in the morning looking at a file and manually taking that file and dropping it somewhere, that this, this system is going to be doing that for us on its own finding the errors, doing all the fixes. So we come in the morning, we turn it on. Oh my God, you know, we got a hundred applications and they're ready to go the next day. So Jay, I think, you know, in my mind, when we talk about the core benefit of a CRM, right, we're, we're talking about information and, you know, and empowerment based on knowledge. Can you talk a little bit about some of the ways that your team has used the information obtained through the CRM to improve your operations and improve your own performance? 
So on a macro level, um, I'm using the data to plan out, you know, you know, what are the wins and losses? Um, you know, the, on basic level, let's look at that funnel. Let's look at the uh, performance through the funnel. Um, let's 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 send out reports to, to the deans, department chairs, the other executive level people about what happened for the staff. It's been very empowering because they now have access to information that even if they thought about the question in the past, they would have to put in a request to, you know, maybe institutional research or later on when we became more sophisticated and we got our own data enrollment analysts in, in, in the enrollment services area um, to ask for the information. Now they can go into the CRM, um, open up TargetX and say, okay, um, show me all the students from Danbury High School because that's where I'm, I'm recruiting this year and I want to know what happened, you know, what's the average student, um, how many people um, applied use the Common App, how many people came to the Accepted Student Day, how many people enrolled, and that's at their fingertips. So from a territorial management standpoint, from an empowering the staff to make decisions based on data as opposed to, oh, I went to Smithtown High School last year, I'm just going to go to Smithtown High School again. No, to actually looking up what happened at the school, who were the students, you know, were they quality applicants? Um, did they apply early in the process? Um, did they come from search? Did I meet them on the road? So the staff can go into the system and, and, and get that information and really make informed decisions, but then also be on the road at a event and have a student come up who's applied with a question and they can look the student up on their cell phone. Um, that, that, that is, I think the, the biggest thing for the staff is the, the acts, the mobile, the ability to access the information from anywhere. I imagine from, from your standpoint, Jay, where you've talked about um, kind of that macro level of, of information and planning, you know, how have you been able to use the data to, to make decisions? And I think even more so than make decisions, um, I don't want to say argue, but uh, to, to maybe defend your position or your opinion to, to peers and, and, other members of senior leadership. On yeah, I, that, that's actually a great question because I think, um, and, and this is probably the same at a lot of institutions, um, WCSU was inherently anecdotal um, in, in how it approached things. You know, you, you'd sit in meetings and you'd hear about a great student from Philadelphia, you know, and why don't we get more students from Philadelphia because we had a great student once from Philadelphia. And, you know, before having the CRM, people would sit around and, you know, you, you, harumph, harumph, I agree with him. <laughs> Um, and when you're sitting there with the CRM, I'll, I'll open it up and I'll say, oh, well, actually, um, over the last 10 years, we've only gotten 10 total applications from Philadelphia. One is applied. I, 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 that's, not, that's not a viable um, funnel of activity. Um, but on the flip side, when I'm using it to make my argument, we got, we got permission to do this um, in-state tuition pilot program with um, one of our neighboring states, New York. And so as I've been tracking data for the presidents as so he can report it back to the to the to the board of regents, I'm able to show him, okay, this is this is the funnel. This is what it used to look like from New York. This is what it looks like now. Um, because of what it's doing, this is what the impact is on enrollment. And this is why I need an additional staff member to service these students because the volumes come to a point that I need to add somebody else just to handle the applications and the recruitment of students from that territory moving forward. And that's powerful. I mean, I would, I would just be, you know, 
telling a story before, but now I have the, the data to back it up. And also then the ROI on the project. You know, when we when we launched that initiative, it had a very lofty goal. Um, I think the break even on new students was 145 new students from the territory to break even. I mean, that is uh, at our tuition, that's a $1.4 million ask. And so I'm tracking it through the CRM from day one and projecting out to, to the president, okay, this is where we are now. This is how many kids have to apply. This is how many I have to accept to get those numbers. And so as I'm moving through, you know, I, 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 I knew we were going to exceed that target from the beginning um, so that I could start sleeping at night um, to, to, to this goal. And, you know, w- I, I say to people on campus sometimes when they say, oh, well, you know, your, your enrollment's good now because of the New York State Initiative. No, again, just like when we went to the Common App, we could not have handled the volume that this initiative created if I didn't have the have Target X to track and report the information and, and, and more or less communicate with the students, for goodness sake. Mm, right. Yeah, and it's funny, you, you talk about the, the out-of-state student from a, from a neighboring uh, state. I know, you know, we've we've talked in the past, Jay, and, and we've talked about on the flip side, your local students. And I know you you briefly touched on uh, your your on campus events mm-hmm. earlier, but I think it's uh, you know interesting. You mentioned that local students that the data has helped you um, has helped change your perception on why maybe local students aren't visiting campus. Can you talk a little bit more yeah, about that? Yeah, one of the things, and, and again, this was anecdotal. Oh, actually, it was this anecdotal. It was reality for. For a school that's enrolling a class of 1,600 new students every fall, um, I always felt that our visit volume was 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 very light. You know, those. I, I, I this is my first um, stint at a public institution. I'd always work at privates, and at, at one of the privates where I worked, any holiday was like, oh my god, it looked like an open house. You know, you're talking 200, 250 <laughs> people eat there each day, and so we have Columbus Day coming up this coming Monday, and we might. I mean, it'll be a busy busy day, visit day for us, but we might have. 50, 60 families. I mean, not anything overwhelming. And when we went to Target X and we're looking at events, we discovered that our local folks aren't likely to visit because they feel they know the institution. And the data was showing that when we wrote, we run our events data at the end of the year. Um, but it also showed that it because they knew us or felt that they knew us, it did not have, not visiting didn't have a negative impact on enrollment, which at other schools, you would look at the data and students who would visit are more likely to enroll. Here, if you didn't visit, it didn't, it wasn't negative. Um, but with our out-of-state students who were trying to recruit because we're a, a not an unknown entity to them, getting them on campus was, did move the needle. Um, so, and our, and, and the Target X CRM enabled us to, to, to break down that data and come up with strategies to address that. Jay, aside from from the events, which we've touched on, uh, of course, in this episode, uh, can you, you know, what are some of the other features that you're really taking advantage of within Target? One of the things that I I think, you know, initially, you know, you always hear emails dead, snail mails dead. In fact, they're not dead. They're all, it's kind of a multi-channeled approach, but we use text messaging. Um, That was one of the bundled features that came. I think the, uh, um, the service that we use that's bundled is SMS Magic. And we do, you know, text messages, particularly in combination with events as, you know, that last minute reminder, hey, you register for the event, it's tomorrow with a link to directions. Um, And we tend to, so we don't overwhelm the students 
is we tend to use our text for later on in the process. So it's email and snail mail at the beginning. Um, you get into the decision-making process and it's paper, the snail mail for decision letters. But then we, all three of them towards the end where we're going to do email, we're going to do text, and we're going to do letters. Um, and the text really we found because we don't want them to opt out early on. Um, so when we use text later on, we find that when the students get towards that later part of the funnel, that's that's their preferred way of getting that immediate information. So it's, um, you know, except the student day is this Saturday, it's deposit deadline is coming up, and we actually will even text the parents. So we'll do a, a parent com um, plan um, using the information we gather from the Common App to email and or text the parents um, when we really need them to do something at the end of the process. Uh, you talk about text and email. How much of that process is automated through TargetX, and how much are you... Um, you know, scheduling maybe manually based on new information that's coming in the process or or deadlines or is you know is it almost entirely automated? At this I think point? our automation for emails and texts it's probably fifty fifty. Um, when it comes to events, the comm plan is is completely automated, so it's you know that's almost a hundred percent when we do an event. But say if we're doing things you know throughout the year, we might have peak time standard communications which are going out on a regular basis. And those are scheduled in advance. You know we're gonna we're gonna do. Uh, application deadline reminder email. We're going to do a, um, it's time to file the FAFSA reminder. Um, but we must, might also do ad hoc. You know, one of the things I like to do for Christmas Eve is I, is I send out an email congratulating all the following fall students who've already been admitted prior to um, Christmas. I send them a, you know, congratulations, welcome to WCSU, um, happy email. And, you know, mainly because I, th I think it's a nice touch. I, 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 I know those can go horribly wrong, but we, we check it, we check it twice. But that's an example of things that we're going to do ad hoc that are kind of neat because you kind of you sit around and you think, okay, what can we do that's value add? So, Jay, let's, let's talk about value add, right? Because, because some of the value of, of a Target X um, over, you know, uh, other CRMs um, like a slate is is the fact, and you've mentioned it earlier, the fact that it is so customizable. Um, can you talk about some of the future plans that you have for for Western Connecticut in, in terms of, you know, where do we go from here? What are some of the new capabilities that that you have uh, on your wish list since since we just yeah, talked about yeah. Christmas well, Eve? <laughs> <laughs> excellent. This is this is what's in my bag that my my list this year. It's we're we're going to move the office paperless. Um, we have a great opportunity. We've had some staff changes that are going to necessitate this, and we we always thought we wanted to do this and never pulled the trigger. I think we, we we kept eating the roast beef and liked it. And now we've realized that, okay, you know what? We're taking this information that's coming to us in PDF or in electric form, and we've been printing it, putting it in a manila folder, which you know is not very green, but also it's a cumbersome time-taking process that, okay, if we can innovate this, what would our next step be? It would be to go to go paperless. Um, let's review online. We have a tool that's been delivered us, um, decision module from TargetX that enable us to do this. Um, you know, We want to make TargetX our system of action. Um, this moves it even more to the system of record that we would only be pushing the information, those significant decisions downstream. Um, we're going to improve our data integration hub um, using Axiom Elite to do that, that matching process and the deduping and everything so that we can comfortably make our decisions in our CRM um, revolutionize kind of the process for us, but also there's a, a work savings there and not producing the paper application, but also a 
increase in response time to the to our, our customers, our, our prospective students. I think there's a benefit there. Um, and that's kind of our, our, our my big wish list. It's I guess it's not a wish list anymore because it's going to happen. I'm hoping to get this turned on within the next 30 days. I actually have a meeting about this afternoon. Um, but that 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 that's going to be big for us because I think that's going to be a game changer. And I think um, my my staff are, are are ready for it. I think my my operations staff are are excited about it because I I just um, kind of uh, revolutionized their their work day so to speak. So instead of working in paper, they're working electronically. Their cleanup is on a computer scene, not 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 taking the time to to match up the ten pieces of paper that come in for every every application. Um, so this is going to be a, a game changer for us, I think. Hey everyone, a quick shout out to the agency that makes this show possible, eCity Interactive. You know, I really do love coming to work every day at eCity, and that's not just because everyone shares my love of donuts, uh, but that's really because I get to collaborate with a talented team working on everything from user experience to content and digital marketing, to web design and development, and a whole lot more. Our work has earned us an incredible roster of education clients, including the University of Pennsylvania, George Washington University, Petty School, Cornell, Drexel, Rutgers, and many others. So if you're looking to improve your web and digital presence and better communicate your school's story, visit us online at ecityinteractive.com and get in touch. Well, Jay Murray, thank you so much for, for joining me on the hashtag Higher Ed Podcast uh, to talk about really the very cool things that, that you are doing um, using TargetX uh, specifically and, and CRMs generally to, to improve the efficiencies. And, and I think you mentioned you know, the customer service uh, that you're, you're providing to your prospective students at Western Connecticut State University. Uh, before we let you go, a couple housekeeping matters that we always take care of. Uh, first of all, for listeners who want to find you online, maybe ask you questions about your experiences, etc., uh, where can they find you? Um, I am I am on Twitter at, at J. Edward Murray. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, those are kind of the 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 the, the big work related. Although I do, I, I'm on uh, Instagram as well. If you want to follow my my food and travel travel uh, uh, items. And of course, uh, each week on the show, we ask our guests to give a social shout out to a colleague or an individual that uh, you feel deserves a little bit more recognition of their work. And uh, Jay, I will turn the floor over to you on that. Yeah, I think I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Gil Rogers, um, who's now at Platform Q. Um, and you know he's been he's been a colleague. He's a former admissions guy. He's he's been around the block a couple times. We 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 catch up at conferences, and I think he he does some good things. He's got some uh, uh, a good story to tell, and he's uh, certainly been a, a good friend and a good resource through the years. Yeah, big fan of Gil on this show. Um, really, I think you you nailed it. Uh, has such an interesting background. It, it makes him incredibly knowledgeable and, and a really helpful resource. Uh, for those of us who are in the the enrollment marketing space. Well, Jay, one more time, thank you so much for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. I hope that your your Christmas list comes true and that you next time we chat with you, you've, you've gone full paperless. Um, regardless, really excited to see where things end up in, on the western side of Connecticut, and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you so much. 